0: Gaming podcast hello everyone and welcome to engage a family gaming podcast this is episode one hundred and eleven. Engage a Family Gaming Podcast is the official video game and board game podcast of EngageFamilyGaming.com. That is a website on the internet where parents like myself and all of my co hosts come together to give you the information that you need to get your family game on. This is a special week. Uh, You might notice for the second time in three weeks, uh, I am driving in an automobile, but this time I am driving back with Linda from PAX Unplugged. That is the new. Uh, Penny Arcade Expo convention type thing, uh, but this time it's unplugged, meaning there were no video games. Actually, they said there were going to be no video games. That was a lie. There was one, um, but it's fine. I'll, I'll allow it. Um, this was focused almost entirely on board games. It was insane. We played a lot of crazy stuff. We were there. Uh, we actually worked a booth a little bit. Um, to help get ourselves some access so we actually worked with the folks over at Restoration Games so shout out to them for helping us get access Um, so I thought we would start Linda by um, going around the horn and talking about the games that we played full demos of because our you know our MO In general is you know we we really like fully play very few games we really try and spread ourselves out as thin as we can kind of see what's going on Um, and you know we obviously were only there for a couple of days so um, I think you and I like fully played maybe a handful of games each Um, and then we we got a taste of a bunch more so let's talk let's go around the horn first um, and talk about the games that we fully played. How's that sound?
1: That sounds fantastic.
0: So why don't you start? Because I'm gonna go on and on and on and on and on about stuffed fables for what will feel like an hour So why don't you get yours done? So All let's right. talk about what you got
1: sounds good So the first one that I did a full demo on is a game called castles of Caladale and in this game the premise is that um There's a bunch of different castles from different creatures, so different styles, and they have been destroyed through some tragedy, and now they are being rebuilt, but it's a mashup of the different elements of the different castles. So, for example, I was playing the fairy, so that was my starting place was a tree base, but I was mashing together pieces of stone and pieces of wood and pieces of tree and refined wood and all of these different elements to come together to build a new castle, and based on the different elements you put in, and how, how far you can complete it before you run out of tiles. I forgot to say this is a tile laying game. Um, so when you run out of tiles, the game is over, and then you get points based on the elements that you put into your castle. And if there's voids in it, you get subtracted. You get points subtracted. Um, and there's some bonuses with flags at the top. If you can get the tops on the, seg- the different structures, there's bonuses for that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I played this. It, it was a two-player game that we played. You can play up to four players, and uh, that was really fun. And the, so, yep, who made that? That's Renegade Game Studio that makes okay. Castles of Calendale. Okay. And the second one I did a full demo of was a super cute game that is actually uh, rated for ages three and up, uh, which you don't see very many games that are scaled down quite that that low. That one was Gimme Gimme Guinea Pig, and in that game, it is super cute. It, there's different little there's four different animals, and you get dealt a set of uh, seven cards, and what you're trying to do is get all seven of that animal. So there's only seven of each animal. And instead of a draw pile, literally, you just spread the cards face down onto the table and start drawing. Just pick up, a, you know, discard a card, pick up a card, discard a card, pick up a card, up a card, up a card to try to make this set. And it's there's not turn taking, which is why it works well for three, uh, you know, th- a three year old. Uh, that was a very silly game. You literally play it in just a couple minutes. So okay. That was. That was interesting. And that
0: one, that one was pretty cheap, right? That, that was like less than ten bucks. I think
1: it was exactly ten bucks, and there was a deal today because I bought a second game. It was like a bundle, so I got it even less than ten dollars. Um, and Flying Meatball is the the publisher for that game.
0: Okay. So the so to talk about the the castles of
1: Calad yes game.
0: Um, so. There, so, you started as a fairy who has like a tree base and you're drawing tiles and playing out. So, like, since you're tile laying, my guess is that the um, game is my guess is that some of these castles get a little crazy.
1: That is an understatement. It's, it's such a mashup because you're getting elements from essentially four different styles of structure and on each tile, there some of them are whole pieces from one structure, some of them are a combination, and you have to match the like pieces. So, if you have, like, I had to start, my base was the tree because I picked the fairy as my character.
0: So 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 you picked the the fairy, so that means you were trying to build a tree. So you were trying to connect pieces that worked with that.
1: So base. I had to start with tree, but once I got up past just the base, it was you know I had some stone elements and I had some there's like the the actual like refined wood like uh, cut wood. Okay. And you know from a regular regular house. Uh, so it's different pieces that come together and the really nice element of this is you start building your structure but as you go through you can actually rearrange so okay. you know you're remaking this as you're going and so your final structure may be very different than what you started as even though you're using the same tiles okay um, is kind of, able to remake it uh, it was really neat to just try to like visualize it differently and move things around and you know if you don't like it you can put it back and so okay. there's very few things that can be that cannot be undone once you do them in this game.
0: Okay, so it seems like there's a lot of flexibility on that one. Did, is this game out right
1: now? Yes, it is out. Both of these games are out. You can purchase... Um, they were retail at, at the show.
0: Okay. Did they say how much the, the Castles game was?
1: Um, I did not get a price point for that um, okay. at the show, uh, but I believe it's available on Amazon, so something people can, can go look for.
0: Okay, so that is... You know, Castle of Caladale, yep. and Gimme Gimme Guinea, guinea Pig, pigs. which is... Which is cute. Um, cute. That's sick. one of those games, you're going to have to, you know, we have it, there will be pictures up on Instagram, so you're just going to want to see it to really understand what we're talking about. Um, it's certainly not a complex game. That's one of the things that we really like about it. Um, you're certainly not going to be playing this with your adult friends unless you really have uh, an infatuation with guinea pigs. Um, but, um, this will be great for, you know, families with younger kids or, you know, kids of a bunch of mixed ages. They can play um, and you can, even involve, you know, your, the younger set, which is great. Um, so as far as the games that I played, I played three like real targeted demos. Um, and you know, I'll save the, you know, what I think is the, you know, my, if I were to pick a game of the show it would have been my game of the show and I'll save that for last. But, um, I played a game, I played two games by a company called, what was it? Quick Good Games?
1: That was... We go back to the notes. We're going to look it up. I'm looking up Well,
0: you can talk about the wonderful game. So, um, the first game that I played of theirs was a game called Muse. It's coming out in January. Um, it's very Dixit, very Mysterium. Um, it's a team-based game where essentially one team, the challengers, essentially, choose a picture out of a set of six that is an abstract piece of art. And then they pick an inspiration Which is going to be like a a question, um, where it might be a facial expression, you know, make a facial expression, or what is a non fictional tool that you might find in your house? Or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, a, a non-fictional liquid, um, you know, that type of thing. And then you pass those, that, the, the inspiration, which is you, you pick that and the picture. And you pass it over to your opponents. One of them is the muse. And they have to um, attempt to identify that particular picture using something some clue that they get from the inspiration question um and to make things more complicated um five more cards are dealt off the top of the deck and shuffled together along with the one that the other team chose and the rest of the team has to go through and Pick correctly. If they do, they get to claim the card. If they don't, the other team claims the card. You play until somebody gets five cards. I just taught you how to play that game. Um, so when you buy it, you're good. The art on that is super fascinating. Some of it is super weird. It crosses genres. It crosses, um, you know, some of it is very abstract. Some of it is very, uh, you know, very fantasy. There's robots. You know, it's very cool stuff. Um, and they are similar enough in some respects that if you say, you know, if the non-fictional liquid you use is water because the, the picture you're choosing has like a lake in it, um, there will be probably be multiple pictures that come up that have water in them so it's gonna be very difficult you want to be as specific as you can because otherwise it could be too broad uh, so that's muse that's coming out in january um
1: and the company on that is quick simple fun Games. quick
0: simple fun games it's a pretty straightforward um experience that game is a lot of fun um especially in groups um you definitely want This is one of those ones where you could have a dozen people playing it. It scales to 100 people. It's really just a matter of how many people you want to have involved and how many of them want to be the muse. Um, And you can just keep playing. It's a very fun game. I played it with a bunch of strangers. It was very entertaining. Um, Another game that I played by the exact same company is a game called Bubbly Pop which sounds real dumb, I'm not going to lie, but uh, Bubbly Pop is a game that essentially is a two-player board game version of like Puyo Puyo, which we've talked about on our video game podcast. Basically, it is a match-three game that is all kind of made into a board game. Um, and so what you are doing is on your turn, you can. Uh, there are the orbs that are in the sky... You can move, you can swap them. Um, You know, it's a a two by, I believe, six or seven grid at the top of the, the, in the middle of the board between your side and your opponent's side. You can either uh, swap two tiles, two orbs, um, horizontally or vertically, and then you make um, either two that are next to each other horizontally or two that are attached vertically and drop them down into your own playing field at which point it plays like any other um, match three puzzle game would to the point where if you you, the goal is to make sets of three in a horizontal uh, or vertical line in a row if you do you capture those Orbs, or in this case, they're like tiles. You capture those, and they all trigger a power, which involves maybe being able to reverse things on your opponent's side, or um, you know, shooting one of your orbs into your opponent's field, or things like that. Um, this game looks really simple, um, it teaches very easily. Um, it's not a very difficult game to learn just because it's so visual, but that game is messed up. In that it is very competitive. Um, there's a lot of strategy depth there, um, so people who are, you know, looking for something that's deep in the two-player realm, that is a great idea. Uh, and again, that's bubbly pop from Quick, simple, fun games. Um, we played a bunch of their stuff, so um, you know, I would expect that we will be probably doing some kind of a write-up about them or, you know, featuring some of their games in the future. Um, They have a lot of games and almost all of them appear to be right in our wheelhouse. So, um, lastly, and I, you know, can't avoid it anymore, I finally got my hands on Stuffed Fables, which is... uh, We've been talking about it for a while, pretty much since it's been announced. Um It is just as cool, if not more, than I expected. That game is absolutely bananas. Um, the, so you are,, um, you know the, basically the story we talked about. You are stuffed animals that are trying to protect a little girl now that she has moved into a big girl bed. And she no longer has the magical protection of her crib. And so you are her stuffed animals. One of the characters is actually her mother's old stuffed animal. And so they are like a grizzled war veteran. Um, and so you are uh, you are fighting, you know, these creepy toy monsters and things like that. Um, we played through some of the opening segments, like really the first two pages of the adventure book. Um... And to give you an idea of how the game varies, we played through two pages in the book. The first page was a straight combat adventure. We were trying to fight off the skele- or the uh, these weird spider-looking monsters. Um, and the second page was just a race to get across the map. Um, the, the way that all this is done is you are, every turn you draw five die from a bag. And then you may, you know, you essentially use those die to interact with the board. So, for example, a white die you can use to heal yourself um, or give yourself bonus stuffing. That's the life points. Or you could use blue to move it's green to move, you can just grieve to move, or red to attack, and so you, your actions are limited based on what you pull out of that bag, um, and, you know, there are black dice that as they come up, they trigger certain events, um, this game is super cool, the miniatures are awesome. Um, the artwork is adorable and we you know, I can't even talk about it because there's story spoilers, but it has an adventure book and that adventure book really does change the way story- based board games will be played. And I think it'll change the way story storybook or story based board games will be played across the industry for a very long time. Um, just because the idea of having a book, that play that demon that gives you the game board, and then on the right-hand side gives you all the rules text and the flavor text. It's freaking awesome. I can't. I can't wait. We know that the game is published. It is on a boat coming, and it is you know manufactured. It is on a boat on you know coming across the Pacific right now. Um, but they don't know when it will get here or when the dock, you know the 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 boat will be unloaded. Uh, so it's not quite ready for. Uh, shipping yet, but man do I hope we can get our hands on a copy of that game as we get closer. Did you get a chance to look at it Linda?
1: I did, I managed to get over and I was watching them play a little bit and it was just so cool just as a spectator to watch it and to get a, get you know the, uh, the flavor of what was happening, to see the miniatures, to see the artwork, to see the layout, it looked really neat.
0: Yeah, I mean, the art is probably one of the best parts. I mean, the, each page, like, the different game maps are stunning. Um, you know, they are, you know, they're hand-drawn, and, you know, the first page was the little girl's bedroom, and the second page was, like, the uh, the area under her bed and was full of all kind of, like, stuff, um, which I thought was really neat. Um, you're like you have to run over all this stuff to try and get to a train track I'm not going to give you any context for that mm. there's just, there's a train under her bed um, and it was I, I like I said I really enjoyed it I got a chance to play with um, you know a group of four people which I really think is kind of important for this game to you know have a full team um, but you know I've I played with uh, Rob from the Pawns perspective, and I met Christy, who is on Instagram as uh, Peace, Love, and Games. Um, and we, it was a it was a great experience. Um, you know that table was full all day on Saturday, um, and it was full up until the point where we left today on Sunday. So uh, it looks like they got a hit on their hands.
1: Yeah. You only got in because you had an appointment.
0: Well, I didn't so much have an appointment. I just bum rushed to the booth first. There's that too. I wasn't gonna just, you know, I I didn't want to let it go to chance. So, so that's stuff fables. Um, Like I said, that's from Plaid Hat Games. You can pre order pre order it on their website right now. And I. I, I suspect you could still do it, um, but they said that the game is still coming out this year, so at some point between now and the end of December, that game is going to be going out, and I think we'll be seeing a lot of that um, as the game moves forward. So, um, so those are the games that we played in full. What other games did you kind
1: of get a taste of? All right. Well, there were several that I was able to do a round of or a partial play on. Um, so one of them, which was a lot of fun, uh, reminded me of a lot of hoagie that we've talked about on, on the podcast and that there's a review out for, um, is Ella Minis, And that's a game that's uh, good for the younger, younger kids. And in, uh, it's got five different elements, and you're trying to collect all five. And you you get dealt out five cards, well, you don't necessarily have all the what you need, obviously, so you're trying to trade in different ones. You can do, there's different mechanics and different special cards that allow you to trade, recycle, um, all kinds of different things to try to acquire the elements you need or to foil your opponent and give them an element they don't need. And there's a couple other things besides just elements in this deck. There's also stars, which are like a wild card. There's trash which blocks your space, and you have a space now that you don't have anything that counts towards your five elements, so, very simple game, very easy to learn, Um, we did just, like, one round of that, just to get the flavor of it, Um, but that's a game that, you know, if I had more time, I could have played it in full very easily, very, very fast to learn, perfect for the little guys. Okay. So you want to do another one? Yes. One no, of what else right. What else did you have? So I also another one from quick, simple fun games. Um, I played uh, a, most of a round of Celestia, which is a air, you're, you're passengers or a captain on the, an airship and you're moving to different locations and the further down the path you go, the higher the points go and you take turns being the captain or the passenger and you can choose to stay on the airship as there's the obstacles that you encounter or you can choose to get off and if you get off you get pick up a card that gives you points but if the captain successfully defeats the obstacles the ship moves on and you're left behind so you can't gain any more points that round and if the ship crashes it goes back to the starting line and so in the p- partial game that i played i think the airship got reset seven times okay so it's something that happens very very frequently Okay. So you're collecting points, and the first person to 50 points is the winner. So.
0: Okay. Cool. I mean, yeah. I, I like the art on that. The art is um, very cool. And that game's out right now? Yes. Okay. Um, and it's called what?
1: Celestia.
0: Okay. So C-E-L-E-S-T-I-A. That is Celestia. Perfect. Okay. Cool.
1: Yeah, um, that had a nice cool. steampunk flavor to it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Very pretty. So what else did you see?
1: So, I saw um, two games um, from the same publisher. I'm pulling a publisher's name right now. Uh, one was Shiba Inu's House. Okay. And,
0: Do- and the other one was Doggy, Doggy Go. Doggy Go, right? Doggy
1: Go, yep. So, they are by Renegade Games. And, yep, Doggy Go and Shiba Inu's House. So, Shiba Inu's House is a card-based game. You have these absolutely cute little corgis. And so you're trying to, you draw a card, and based on what the card has on it for a picture, you then use your 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 cards to replicate the picture. But it's a little more complicated than that. So you start with trying to match like the image of the dog, and there's different positions the dogs in, different you know different uh, ways it's depicted, and then it's on top of a doghouse, and you've got to use the cards to then build the doghouse, but each side of the card each uh, straight edge has a different component of a picture so you may have the the house the dog houses if there's more than one might not be in a straight line they might be like all kind of mashed up but as long as you get a complete house it counts so that was really cute anyone that loves uh, dogs or corgis corgis in particular this is like a must have is the artwork is so cute and bright graphic um that was super cute and the doggy um doggy go that one um, similar premise you're trying to match the picture this one is tiles though um so it's like there's cards and there's like these little I don't know. tiles isn't really over these little cardboard dog images so there are three cards put out that have a picture on them in your hand you've got different elements that can be in the pictures like a swing um the little base you might see in the circus um a ball, things like that, and then there are seven little dog characters, Okay. and you have to arrange them to match the picture precisely, and you're working competitively against another player, and what you're trying to do is be the first to finish your picture completely and have it match exactly. So you're overlapping elements and all these things to make it look just so. Um, That's okay. another one, very fast to play, very easy, um, very quick. and there's a cat version of that as well. There's a Okay. So they've got a
0: couple of these similar themes. Okay. Um, As far as other games that I got a chance to um, get a taste of, um, realistically, I spent more time, you know, with some of the designers themselves than talking about their games. However, um, I think I would be remiss to not talk about the games that I spent all weekend talking about um which is the three games that were out um that are currently available from restoration games and i think all three of them would fit in a you know like a family environment um you know the first is a game called downforce which is a racing game um there are four main components that you need to know the first is that it's a racing game um The second um, is you are using a um, variable player powers, so you're going to draw a card at the beginning of the game and it's going to tell you what kind of a driver you are, are you strategic, are you aggressive, etc. The third thing is to use an auction mechanic to build a hand full of movement cards. Some of them make your car move just one car move, not necessarily your car, but just a car. And some of them make multiple cars move, so your goal is to try and place as well as you can using those cars to manipulate all of your opponents. The final thing to keep in mind is that you can bet on the winner. Um, And by betting on someone, you earn points based on the position that they finish. So you know, if you bet on somebody that finished third, you get certain points. If they finish second, they get more, and first, they get other points. You can bet on yourself if you think you're gonna win. Everybody's a different color car. and it is a pretty cool game, um, you know. so there is that. Next is a game called Stop Thief, which is essentially a reprint of a game that was made in 1979. Uh, back then it had a big battery operated cell phone uh, that provided audio clues to help uh, find a thief that is traveling around the board. Maybe it would play a creaking door or it would uh, play a, uh, the sound of broken glass to tell you you know where the thief may have gone on this turn and you use that information along with other information in your clues to help kind of deduct where the thief is and then you do it um and the um you know if you find if you are in the right place you move your pawn around if you move your pawn to the right space and then attempt to make an arrest and you're right then you capture the thief and then you make money um and then another thief pulls off a heist and continues um gameplay continues until three to five thieves are captured and then once that's done whoever has the most money wins the game um it is a fun game to play um and you know the, the it uses an app now to deliver those clues as opposed to a big clunky battery operated phone uh the advantage to using that app is that they, they're going to add things like a co-op expansion and a, um, so there'll be a co-op expansion and a um, uh, a one versus many expansion where one person will play the thief um, and those are going to be added via the app sometime quote unquote soon. Um, and lastly, they had indulgence. It's a trick-taking game. Uh, the big difference is every turn, uh, one person takes turn. Everybody takes turns being the ruler and making it dis- and choosing between three different edicts, different rules, and changing the rules of the trick-taking every turn. Those are their three games. Um, I spent all weekend talking about them, so I would be remiss if I did not mention them. Um, They are, but full disclosure, you know, they did give us review copies, so we'll be able to talk about them relatively soon. But that is, you know, the selection from Restoration Games. We should probably take a break. And then when we come back, I want to get your thoughts on conventions as a whole, because I know this was your first trip. So we will uh, talk about that in a moment. So we'll be back, folks. all right everybody thank you very much for your patience welcome back to engage your family gaming podcast this is still episode 111 i am still steven i'm still your host i'm still joined by linda and we are still driving home from philadelphia to talk about pax unplugged so linda this was your first convention yes um you've been to some small things you went to uh, to the Connecticut festival of independent games and the Boston festival of independent games. My understanding is that (laughs) not, neither of them did a very good job of preparing you for what we saw.
1: This was definitely the next step. Um, it was, I was prepared for actually a bigger crowd. So it was not as big a crowd as I was expecting, but Oh boy, was it a big crowd? Um, so, uh, lots of people, um, the area was huge that we were in um, just the area that we were primarily in where the games were for sale and that there were you know you could talk to the designers and talk to the uh, different people about the games that section was really large and that wasn't even counting other areas of the convention sure so just the scale of it was daunting
0: yeah I mean I, I still remember you know when we walked into the exhibit hall the first time and showed you around um, and I was like this is what this stuff is man um, which it's not very new to me um, because I've seen stuff like this right. um, because I've, I've been doing this for four years um, but it was interesting uh, going to my first past Unplugged with uh with someone that had never been to a convention at all right um so we don't have official attendance numbers but we do know that our we only went for two days we went Saturday and Sunday uh, we know that Saturday was the only day that was uh that was
1: completely uh, sold that out. was
0: completely sold out yep so it was a wall-to-wall people and man when the game when the show floor ended
1: Oh my goodness, the wave of people.
0: The wave of people that moved over to the board game free play area, which is always busy, but this was like everyone moved over and started playing more games. Yes. Um so what, you know, did you have any like good or bad experiences just with the convention experience in general this time or was it kind of neutral?
1: I have to say I have a very, had a very positive experience. Um, I was pleasantly surprised at how nice and friendly and polite everybody was. Yeah. Um, I, you know, because it was bodies pressed everywhere, lots and lots of people, I got bumped into repeatedly. Yeah. And pretty much every time, person would turn around and say oh I'm sorry or excuse me or like just it was just very friendly which is
0: impressive considering we were in Philadelphia
1: so I mean I was just really really impressed with the the tone of the whole convention like everybody was seemed to be in a very good mood um you know super friendly super nice um you know if, if anyone needed something, people were, like, helping out. Um, I actually got into an awful coughing fit this afternoon because I'm getting over a cold. And, like, people were getting me water and making sure I was okay and, like, just, like, going out of their way to be nice. Yeah. So I was just blown away by that.
0: I agree. I mean, this was a, you know, real positive experience. I think a lot of people um, came and were not, didn't really know what to expect from this Mm -hmm. there are a lot of pennsylvania area people um, that did not know what uh what what a pax was Mm -hmm. um because you know the the closest pax to them is in boston and the reality is that's not um a super accessible area for people that don't know about it Mm -hmm. and don't necessarily think about themselves as quote-unquote gamers. I talked to a lot of because Sunday specifically was a family day. I talked to a number of parents who were just there with their kids because it was something to do um, and man were they a little overwhelmed because there were a lot of options. I particularly enjoyed since this was our first year at this convention hall talking to the staff members who, who didn't know anything about board games and so You know, the lady that ran the soda booth um, took her lunch and walked around to some of the exhibitors' tables and thought the stuff that they brought out was the coolest thing. You know, she was just ready to get down with some of those games. Um, So I thought that was really neat, too.
1: Yeah, it's it's opening it up to a new audience.
0: Yeah, or just exposing itself to a group of people that maybe won't ever play those games but now won't think of maybe that will hurt some of the uh, stereotypes. Give it a little bit more time since we're past them or at least some of them. So, um, like I said, we don't have attendance numbers and my assumption is that they did well. Saturday was very crowded. Sunday was very crowded. Looks like a lot of people were there for demoing games as opposed to selling in them um, and buying them and you know what? I'm kind of okay with that. Um, You know, People need an opportunity to figure out what games they want after they were all announced at Gen Con. Literally all of them. So um, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting next couple of years as those games start to come out. Absolutely. So that's it. That's uh, that's PAX unplugged. 2017. Um, keep your eye on Engaged Family Gaming. We're going to be, and specifically, if you really want to know kind of what the experience was like, head on over to our Instagram channel. Search for our Instagram username, Engaged Family Gaming. I know, right? Totally surprised. And give, you know, give them a watch. Take a look and see what some of our pictures are. Um, there's also an album on our Facebook page. You can get there by going to EngageFamilyGaming.com slash Facebook. Let us know what you think. Of some of the games that we saw, um, because, you know, depending on what you say to us, we might be able to get things taken care of um, and might be able to do a review. So, um, until next time, this is Steven and Linda. We're signing off. Make sure to get your family game on. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you
0: for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.